You are listening to the Rick McGinnis Show podcast, where Rick and his guests talk all things affiliate program management. No topics are off limits. Want to learn proven tips and strategies to grow an affiliate program? Look no further. Now here's your host, Rick McGinnis. Enjoy the interview. Welcome back to the Rick McGinnis Show. Today, my guest is Jesse Lakes. Jesse, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing really well. Excited to be here. Thanks for uh, thanks for the invite, Rick. Yeah, no problem, Jesse. I know we we met a couple weeks ago. Um, we did a, a clubhouse session with one of our mutual friends, um, Brooke Schaff. We were talking a lot about Amazon and and how they pretty much uh, run the world and, and everything falls <laughs> around Amazon. And um, we're we're gonna get into a little more about about that and, and their affiliate side and, and their mm-hmm. overall business. But uh, I want to just have the the audience just get to know Jesse, who he is, how he got started and, and, and what he's up to now. Sure. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Jesse Lakes, um, been affiliate marketer for, for 20 years now, you know, started off in, in college dabbling with some stuff that led to um, building a series of websites that took soundtracks from extreme sports films uh, and leveraged the iTunes affiliate program and Amazon's affiliate program. Uh, that was super fun because I've got to spend a lot of time playing outside uh, <laughs> doing a lot of different extreme sports. But um, with that project in particular, I had this really interesting epiphany where I had really good hockey stick growth and traffic, but my, my affiliate revenue was really flat. And after seeing this kind of evolve over a couple of years, scratching my head, realized that my site's traffic had really evolved. So my aha moment was realizing that um, a lot of these these links for that international traffic were essentially broken. Digital music has digital rights licensing. The DRM kept people from UK from being able to buy from amazon.com or the US iTunes store. And that was really kind of this, again, epiphany that, that there was a fundamental challenge with, with uh, affiliate marketing, especially for digital products. And that has kind of led to a couple of things. One, I, I wrote a book about iTunes affiliate program, just based off all those things I'd learned just before I was ready to publish it, sent off a copy to Apple. Apple then uh, threatened to sue me. Uh, we hopped on a call. We, uh, we, we, we worked through that. And uh, shortly afterwards, they uh, offered to, to hire me. So I, I went from being a, uh, a raft guide bum uh, following endless summer between uh, Colorado and Costa Rica to uh, training my, my flip-flops for a cubicle and a commute in Cupertino. So spent a couple of years uh, yeah, managing the iTunes affiliate program as the global, global program manager and just kind of learning more about this, what we call now geofragmentation challenge uh, full on. So I spent some time at Apple. At the same time, had uh, had my uh, friend, uh, my roommate, college roommate, who was a software engineer at Microsoft, build some stuff off, some software for my my website, uh, my soundtrack websites, to uh, start to kind of take these links and, and make them work. So that led to this whole concept of what we call um, GeoWrite, which turned into Genius Link. Left Apple after a couple of years, and long story short, have uh, been taking this this small company and, and growing it and helping creators and affiliates around the world uh, make sure that their links work around the world. And yeah, no, that's beautiful because you know what? I, I see it all, all too often, broken links and broken links. And that's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a bummer it's, for it's money getting thrown away. It's bad for the consumer. It's bad for the affiliate. It's bad for the retailer. Just the other broken links are, are bottom of the barrel for the internet. Um, that's a, that's a fundamental thing we, we want to fix. Our, our links are dynamic to help ensure that they quote unquote never break, but it's a, it's a challenge that we haven't completely solved yet. No, it's uh, it's it's definitely a, a tool that I personally don't know too much about, but I think maybe when we get off here, we can discuss and even get a demo of it and, and of see course. how it actually works. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you 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 said you started out um, in college with uh, Amazon and doing using their affiliate program. So when you started out, how was the Amazon affiliate program compared to what it is today? Obviously, today it's a monster, but like, was it? 
drastically different or was the were the same principles pretty much how they are today? It was it was very similar. The principles were, were, were very similar. My use case of it was was definitely different. Um, I think my first real foray into Amazon's affiliate program, um, I had a, a blog about digital music, um, had some links in there. That was about the time that Apple or sorry, uh, Amazon was was launching their uh, digital music initiatives. And I think for one period, you know, there's a 20% commission on, on, on music, which was crazy. Then the other thing I was using Amazon's affiliate program for was something that um, some of some of the people that have been in this space for a while uh, may remember, but the whole game of arbitrage, you would buy Google AdSense for certain keywords at a certain amount, and you would hope that your commissions were, were higher. And you would just, yeah, play that arbitrage game, find a specific niche. And if you could write good copy so that your ad, you know, stood out. And of course you had to finish it with like, you know, AFF, you know, in parentheses, whatever to, to signify it was an affiliate link. Yeah, it was, it was a really interesting challenge that A, taught me about affiliate marketing, taught me about arbitrage, taught me about ads. Um, and as a college kid, you know, I was, you know, if I, I was, I was moving in very small numbers, but the, the principles were the same, the unit, unit economics, once you kind of nailed them could be scaled. Of course, I never had enough money to truly scale it and, you know, still struggled a lot to kind of figure it out. But um, that was a fun way to kind of learn it. And I think kind of maybe the biggest thing that's changed with, with Amazon over the years is um, it seems like the dashboard hasn't changed, but the affiliate commission structure, I think is the thing that's changed the most. If I remember correctly, uh, they were just transitioning onto this whole volume-based program where if you sold, you know, more than six items, you bump from 4% to 4.5%. And if you sold over, you know, 32,000 items, you would go from, you know, 8% to, to whatever it was. Um, and that was awesome because the better you did, the, the bigger the reward was. Um, so there was a lot of um, goals on, you know, what, what, where could you find lower cost items to helpfully, you know, kind of juice that number. You know, it's really hard to sell 32,000 TVs, but 32,000 free eBooks is actually not too hard at all. So yeah, there was, it was, it was fun to learn. Yeah. Um, Amazon's affiliate program has definitely evolved. Um, again, <laughs> maybe not some, some visible things in, in the dashboard. I feel like it's still a bit old, but um, yeah, the, the program, the, the principles, the operating agreement, the policies, et cetera, have, have definitely evolved in bits and pieces. But I think the commission rate has probably been the most obvious of all that. Yeah, no, I, I when I started doing this, uh, I, I kind of fell into affiliate marketing by accident. I mean, my wife was pregnant. I was laid off from a, a job and I kind of, I need a job. So I figured like, yeah, I looked up how to make money online. It was through affiliate marketing. I, I, <laughs> awesome. built, a, I built a blog, I built a blog and, and awesome. linked everything to Amazon. And uh, I was, I was making decent money, but then I transitioned over to where I am now on the agency side. But, but uh, Amazon was always, um, it, it, just, it was just so convenient. Mm -hmm. You would just go, go in there, copy paste the, the link, put it in there, done. And you didn't have to really work hard to sell other products. Like if if the person went there and didn't buy your product, but they bought like a, like a computer or TV, you still got commission for it. Yeah, little commissions. And, yeah, yeah. And I think that's where. Uh, go ahead. I, they they nailed it right. Their program. Such a massive product catalog, but so much trust on the Amazon brand helps with those the conversion rates and the Halo commissions, right? It's it's a simple program. The, the sign up process is very, very. I mean, no disrespect to A1, a great affiliate program, but to pay five bucks to just be accepted as, as an affiliate on their platform versus you know Amazon, you sign up, they let you in and let you use everything. You have to get three sales within 180 days to, to kind of you know before you even get your account reviewed. Just the amount of friction to go from interest to actually be able to build your first link, you know, it's 15 minutes, and I think that really speaks to a lot. You know, it's Amazon's affiliate program is supposedly in the millions of publishers now, uh, bigger than any other program that I've seen from my research. And it makes sense. They've optimized to reduce friction, just like their store. They do an amazing job, you know, optimizing sales. Their affiliate program, it definitely has some of that same ethos to, to make it easy for people to jump in and, 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 you know, get started. And it converts well, even with commissions that have dropped. 
And I think where the brands that are not Amazon, so any, any other affiliate program versus Amazon, I think that they struggle is because the person running the program doesn't have a lot of knowledge of building relationships with affiliates. Not that Amazon does, that you're just a number <laughs> with them, but these other brands, they don't take the time to build a relationship with, with affiliates and, and have them understand the products and services, things like that. And people just go to Amazon because it's just a, okay, well, I, yeah, I may not have an account manager, but I can sell anything and make money. And I, I think that's where the brands are, are losing out is just their, obviously Amazon is, is its own beast where they, they convert so well and it's a worldwide name. But the, these little smaller brands, they, they could do a better job of competing a little bit better with, with Amazon and, and understanding what it takes to, to do that. I couldn't agree more. Um, so again, I, yeah, I got really fortunate and kind of fell into this, you know, job as the, the global program manager for the iTunes affiliate program, you know, back in, what was this 2009, 2010, 2011. And just, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, building a relationship, the iTunes affiliate program is a, a pretty massive program as well. And I, there was no way I was going to have relationships with, with all the publishers, but started, you know, picking at them, building this relationship. We were able to grow the program like crazy. It was, and it was often just very, simple things, just connecting a couple dots would see drastic improvements, but you can't connect those dots until you reach out, until you build some rapport, until you know, you offer to help, uh, you answer some questions, you do some support. And it was just, it was amazing what just the, the very basic things <laughs> did to the growth of that program. So yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in building relationships and just communication. Well, those little things go a long way where they if you do those little things for those affiliates, they may promote your brand versus Amazon, even though they may may take a pay cut or they may lose traffic or, or whatever it is, but they just, they trust you enough and they, and they believe in you that you're going to do right by them. And they're going to, they're going to reciprocate and, and, and help you out. And that's what a lot of these brands, every single one that I talk to, they don't see the value in building relationships. They just want they want you to reach out to a thousand affiliates and bring them on board and get as many as possible. And it just, it's, what's the point of a thousand affiliates if one good affiliate will drive as much value as those thousand affiliates. I, I, I completely agree. It's, it's, you got to have that trust factor. You got to have that relationship. And uh, you know, again, Amazon is this massive ecosystem and there's, there's pros and cons about the Amazon's affiliate program. But at the end of the day, if, if you're a brand trying to compete with Amazon, you know, go where Amazon can, you know, Amazon can't have relationships with two, you know, a million plus publishers, two, three million, whatever that number really is. You know, with a smaller brand, you can have those those deeper relationships, and those deeper relationships, as you said, can can really unlock a lot of things. It's it's. I would much rather have you know a handful of, of great relationships with solid publishers than have a thousand publishers that may be doing sketchy stuff or damaging my brand's reputation or you know paint us in a bad light. It's uh, <laughs> we're beating the same drum. Yeah. relationship is, is so key and it's hard too. I mean, it's, yeah, it's exhausting having lots of emails to respond on a one-off basis, et cetera. It's so much easier, at, you know, mine a thousand email addresses and send one, you know, three drip email template, but that three drip email templates can go to spam half the time. And, you know, the, again, the ROI is, is not there. I, I, I really believe that you got to put in the hard work, but again, I'm a decade into building a startup. So <laughs> Well, and that's, and that's the thing. Like I, I talk to brands daily and they just, uh, they, they're like, how long before my affiliate program is making money? I'm like, well, I, I can't really give you the answer. I'm like, it, it, it takes, everything takes time. And I, I got to go out there and find these affiliates. 
it pretty much convinced them to work with work with us why they should work with us versus Amazon because every, every affiliate if you go to their website not every affiliate but I, I would say majority of affiliates on their website there's an Amazon link somewhere on there somewhere like mm-hmm. it may be hidden or it may it may not be uh, top of the front page but it's there somewhere um, but you got to try and pry them away from from something comfy and uh, I, I just think that's uh, that, that's where brands got to do a better job and and if you were to say, besides relationships, what is what is something that brands can do to to really make their program stand out versus uh, versus an Amazon? Yeah, that's that's a challenge, right? So Amazon again, yeah, there's it's a great program. It's a lot of people that use it. You know, it's it's a, a pretty well oiled machine. But there are areas where they they don't scale well. And yeah, one of those is um, I think kind of the innovation aspects, right? So Amazon's uh, operating agreement is is pretty rigid. Uh, if you violate it, you you know it's it's pretty hard to get a reprieve or, or, you know, have them listen to your rebuttal. So some of the more innovative things that, that can happen in the publisher space, you know, typically aren't happening on Amazon because there's kind of that, that wall there. Another thing is, um, you know, Amazon's terms of service don't allow use of affiliate links in offline manner. They consider email and eBooks offline. Working with a influencer that has written a book about a particular subject, that's a great place to, to put affiliate links, right? If, if, you know, I'm an expert, you know, hedge gardener and I write a book about hedge gardening, well, why wouldn't I include links about you know the top brands of, of hedge clippers and, and so forth in, in there? But that's not allowed by in, in terms of service. Uh, you have Tim Ferriss, you know, some, some of these amazing people that put out you know daily, weekly, monthly email newsletters. You know, email is, is a great platform. It's a, one of the only platforms where you really own it versus you know building a social media audience and on these other platforms. But uh, Amazon doesn't allow affiliate links in email. Why not? If you're going to, again, you know, talk about, you know, the best hedge trimming practices in, in spring. And, you know, that's a great place to include, include those uh, various links to services, products, and so forth that are related. There's other, you know, definitely kind of uh, Achilles heels for, for Amazon's affiliate program as well. But that all being said, you know, um, the, the Genius Link service, the, the, the company that, uh, that I, I run, we do a lot in Amazon's ecosystem. And I believe, you know, Amazon, Amazon's here to stay, right? Uh, estimates are between 40 and 50% US e-commerce market share. That's a, that's a pretty significant chunk of change. But that also means at best, it's only one out of every $2 that's spent on e-commerce. That means there's still 50% that is left to be taken. So the philosophy that we've really had going into this is it's really hard to make an either or decision, you know, Amazon or someone else, you know, Amazon or whoever you know, it may be. It's a lot easier to make an, an and decision, right? Amazon and another retailer. And it's it's almost beneficial for both, right? You know, you as as the brand, you know, if it's your brand, you know, hedge trimmers, people are gonna sometimes trust the brand more than they're gonna trust going to Amazon. You may actually have a cheaper price because you can sell direct than, than what your MSRP is if Amazon's honoring that. So I'm a firm believer, I'm becoming a firm believer. It's been a, it's been a multi-year process and a, it continues to build momentum. But for publishers, why not include both links? You know, there's there's other good retailers out there. Amazon is not always the lowest price. Amazon is not always in stock. Your uh, audience may not always have a Prime membership. So there's there's lots of reasons why, as affiliate publishers, try try a few other uh, retailers as well. You you may not only find that you're helping increase conversion rates, uh, but you're also starting to diversify your risk a little bit. Um, again, we talked about commission rates changing on Amazon. They've only really dropped. Uh, so giving yourself a little bit of uh, insurance against that is a, is a good thing. Controlling more of that kind of due diligence or research process in the in the buying phases is is 
can only really be beneficial for you as well. So, you know, back to, to kind of what, what should the affiliate managers of these different brands do? I would say, instead of, you know, trying to, trying to climb Everest, you know, pick a, pick a smaller battle, smaller mountain and, and just get your links next to those Amazon links. That's a, it's a much easier ask for those publishers than, than to swap out those Amazon links that, you know, have probably converted relatively well, even if the commissions are dropping. But anyway, I will take a breath, step off my soapbox. <laughs> well, no, so you, you brought up a good point. Um, your, your service actually has something that has the, the and feature where you can do like Amazon and the brand and an, another website that may sell. So you can have multiple options. And like you said, the, the person that's looking for these, we'll say hedge trimmers will keep with that topic. They may they may like trust the brand better versus um, Amazon like Rayobi for example they they may go right to Rayobi versus going to Amazon and and, it, and sometimes it may even be more expensive but people are are very brand driven so I guess there's really no harm in providing options because if if one of them converts it doesn't matter which one you're still getting paid that's that's the idea right and. So yeah, just taking a quick step back, there's, um, we call them choice pages. And um, again, coming from iTunes, music was a, a pretty important part. That's, you know, again, kind of where I cut my teeth in the affiliate world. Well, a good chunk of my, my learning experience in the affiliate world. And in music, you know, iTunes was was dominant for a while and then Spotify showed up and kicked some serious spot. And now all of a sudden you have these record labels, these musicians, okay, well, do we send a link to iTunes or do we send it to Spotify? Oh, you know, turns out Pandora is not too bad either. And, and Deezer does really well in Europe. And you have kind of this, this, plethora of different options to be able to consume that song, that album, or maybe you want to watch it on YouTube. So the music industry, I think, is really some that really kind of push this whole concept of promote a product, but give the buyer different choices on how they want to consume it. Uh, so we built out these choice pages uh, for, for our music industry clients, but we left them relatively open-ended. And we've seen over the last few years, they've really started to, to blow up, especially with uh, social media, people, uh, publishers that are primarily using social media. So again, uh, YouTubers, people on Twitter, et cetera, where you don't have the real estate to, to really kind of go in depth with lots of links. Uh, it's easier just to provide a single link. In these choice pages, we can provide any sort of disclaimers, et cetera. But giving kind of those those multiple different options have, have actually turned out to be incredibly well. Amazon conversions go up, uh, conversions of the other stores go up. Uh, people are actually doing more of their, again, buying process using your affiliate links than jumping back to a search engine or just kind of giving up on the process. You make it easy for them to feel comfortable going all the way through and, and clicking to, to that final buy button, whatever the retailer is, because they now have checked two or three or four other retailers. They found the best price. They found you know, the quickest shipping or you know the, the availability because Amazon was out of stock. So it's just helping build more ownership of the pipeline, reducing friction at the same time. So <laughs> your listeners are obviously <laughs> just listening. They're not seeing my hand movements going all over the place. They get more and more excited about talking about this. So <laughs> No, but it's funny you, you, you say that because I... With with my podcast too, I give people different options. They can listen. They can listen to the Apple podcast. They can listen on on Spotify. They can listen on whatever whatever platform they want. I, I don't care as long as they listen. That, that's what it comes down to. And you as an affiliate publisher, you know the, the analog here is that you know you don't care where they buy as long as they buy and you got a commission, right? You know, better to get half a percent commission from Best Buy because. 0% commission at Best Buy because they abandoned your Amazon link to buy there anyway because they have a Best Buy down the street and it's so much easier just to walk to the, you know, walk down and get it from the curb or whatever it may be. Half a percent is better than, than nothing, you know. 
Target, you know, we were just talking about Target uh, internally a moment ago. Target pays 0% commission on consumer electronics, but still, you know, Target's a relatively large product catalog. So the whole concept of Halo commissions exists there too. You know, if someone's going to buy at Target again, because, you know, they're only, you know, there's one within the, a neighborhood or two, it's easy for them to get it there. Better for you to get that little bit of a commission versus no commission whatsoever. If you're only holding out for Amazon or only holding out for a single program, you may be cutting yourself a little bit short. But again, it's a... Uh, our tests have proven this. It's it's you know they're not conclusive. I've, I'm very much a, a student of this. You know, take take everything I say with a grain of salt, of course. Test for yourself. It's all about testing. It's all about optimization. Well, and that, that's what I uh, that's what I preach too. Is just the test, test, test. You don't you don't know it's not going to work until you try. So as exactly, thank you. I, I get so frustrated with people that um, you know they write a blog post, drop in three links. And don't touch it again for 10 years. It's like, what do you expect? You know, you got it. You got to tweak it. You know, that, that brand of hedge clippers, you know, that, that brand went out of business 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, there's, there's way better, you know, hedge clippers these days. You know, you have a, a blog, you have this post, it's getting some SEO love, experiment, innovate, test, try. Yeah. Just don't, don't do it once and give up on it. No, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely something I'm, I'm passionate about. Just, I, I test all the time. I, uh, it's really, I, you, you mess things up and, Hey, you learn from them and that's how you grow. You don't, you don't grow unless you, you screw up a few times. And if, and if you talk to anybody that says they haven't screwed up or they're, they're they don't do things like that, they're, they're actually lying. Or they're not optimized. Great. You, you did it right. Well, you did it right. And you're only getting, you know, X percent conversion, right? Where if you had considered that a wrong or, you know, it, it, it broken it so you could rebuild it better, you know, you could, you know, get two or three X the conversion rate because of it. It's um, teach their own, right? You know, some people, Status quo is fine for others. We like to push the limits and we like to we like to maximize our, our efforts. It's not for everyone. No, no, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, so we were we're getting down to the to the wire here. Going back to your experience at uh, at iTunes, uh, running their affiliate program. If you were to give some advice to affiliate managers just in general, what would it be? So there were two things that I had a lot of success with. One was diving headfirst into the support inbox and just answering support questions. When people have a question about support, they're leaning into your program. And the faster you can answer it for them and the best information you give them, the the more they're going to accelerate. So don't be afraid of support. In fact, support is probably your best marketing vehicle, period, because again, it's the people that want to. The second thing for me was that I marched across the, the street and went into the engineer's lair. You know, and at Apple, they, they keep their engineers kind of locked away. They don't like to be bothered. But I went and, you know, bought lunch and brought beer and, you know, did everything I could to learn more about how the affiliate program worked from the engineers themselves. Uh, and I'm relatively technical, so I, I, I'm able to get, converse with them. I don't understand everything by any stretch, but just building that relationship was absolutely paramount just so I could understand how it truly worked. And when I saw things that could be optimized, they knew that I was I was a legit person doing legit things, et cetera. So that relationship was super important. So support and, and again, building relationships and building internal relationships as well. So I guess ultimately it's communication in both directions was, was my, my secret. We went back to communication again. Well, and it's funny because this that's the first time it's ever come up um, in a conversation with anybody that I've talked to about building relationships with your internal team. Everyone just thinks, oh, you got to build relationships with your affiliates, vendors, things like that. But if, if you don't have the support of your internal team, you, that, that may be problematic down the road. They, they may not be uh, willing to help you or it may, it may take longer than you hope. But if you have that relationship with them, you can ask for favors. and, and Prioritizing and, bugs, right? 
Yeah. yeah. When I first started Apple, uh, the, the, the story goes that um, the cookie, they, that one of the engineers overwrote the cookie. So they feel like cookie wasn't setting correctly. So that was getting to the bottom of that was absolutely paramount. And again, kind of building that relationship ensured that it didn't happen again. So moving forward is one thing. Fixing things when they're broken is another. And if you can make sure that your stuff gets prioritized because you have that relationship, it went a long way. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. Jesse, this is uh, this has been uh, phenomenal. I appreciate you coming on. So where can uh, where can everyone find you? Are you on LinkedIn, on your website, things like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, LinkedIn um, is probably where I spend the most amount of time. Uh, I think it's just slash Jesse Lakes, J-E-S-S-E-L-A-K-E-S. Uh, Twitter, I'm spending more and more time as well. Um, I think I'm Jay Lakes there. I should know that by now, uh, but just Jay Lakes there. Um, the website is uh, geniuslink.com, um, spelled out as it sounds. Uh, and again, our short domain is geni.us. Uh, if you go there, it'll send you to the website. Yeah, those are probably the best places to uh, to track me down, but um yeah, it'd be it'd be great to hear from any of the listeners today, and uh, yeah, how how I can help or what questions you have. No, no, we've never had uh, we've never had a conversation like this on the podcast. I've had like thirty episodes, and this was uh, was definitely uh, an interesting one with Amazon and <laughs> and, uh, and and taking it to where we did. It was uh, it was fun though, and I appreciate it. And it's it's finally nice to to see you one on one. The pleasure is mine. Yeah, it's it's great to connect. I'm uh, excited for for further conversations as uh, as things progress, building relationships. There you go. That's what it's all about. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Cheers. We want to hear what you thought about this episode. You can email Rick directly at rick at bearcatmedia.com or leave a review where you listen to podcasts. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and wherever podcasts are available. To learn more about Rick, go to bearcatmedia.com. 